We don't need an introduction. No introduction necessary. No frills. Only. But it's been wait, long enough. Wait. There's beer and soda in the fridge, Indigo. Clink. Indigo. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Nice to see you. Glad you're here. Happy here to be every here. Week. You are here every week. We've I'm been a resident. For anybody that has no idea what is going on or what you are watching, this is me taking advantage of my platform and my podcast. I don't know which camera to look at. We're in this one right now. This one. Go on. <laughs> okay. This is me taking advantage of my podcast to promote my new band with my good friend, Indigo. Indigo has been wanting to come on the show for a very long time. Yeah, I, I don't have, know why I had to beg you when we are biffles, but... I have very rudely not brought Indigo on the show, but I was always like, hey, when the time is right, the time is right. And now here we are. So everybody... Make some noise for my friend, Indigo. Applause. I've never been applause buttoned before. Wow. So I'm going to put myself on blast here. Put yourself on blast. I have no idea how to pronounce your last name. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so my last name, which actually, okay, to be fair, a lot of people get wrong is Beloch. Um, I've had a lot of people that uh, I'm close with pronounce it wrong so that's fine um actually i think amanda did the same thing uh like i'd known her for years and i think it was when i was either on ghouls or at some event or something and she was like oh my god i'm gonna be real i have no idea how to say your last name and i was like that's fine um but yeah it's beloch um too close, too close. it's beloch uh it's actually a really common uh pakistani last name um, so if you're Pakistani or you know anything about our culture, uh, you'll know that, which is kind of cool. A lot of people want to say Balak, uh, which I hate. I had a teacher in middle school who said Blaylock and I was like, where are you getting the other L? Wow. Like that's real. You really didn't even try there. Um, but yeah. But it's Baloch. 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 My last name is pronounced how, not how we. Some people not do howie. do that. But it's I'm okay. <laughs> so today is a bit of a celebration. Me and Indigo have completed our EP, Woo! the first half of our full length. Yeah. A Lesson in Patience mm -hmm. is the name of the EP. Yeah. It's going to be dropping on October 30th, Devil's yeah. Night. Yeah. Next week, the day that we are airing this, it is October 23rd, which is also my birthday. birthday. It's his birthday. So it's not my birthday now, but when you're watching this, it is my birthday. So I'm having a beer now for myself in the future. Celebratory birthday beer. That's some real Bill and Ted shit. Booyah. Calabunga. We are doing a live stream Yeah. on Friday, October 30th yeah it's gonna be on facebook yeah and it's going to be 
a live stream since we can't do shows. We can't have an album release show. So we're doing what everybody else is doing. We're doing a live stream. So if you want to hear the EP, well, realistically, you can listen to the thing probably before the live stream because the live stream will be in the evening and the EP will have been released during the day. But if you want to watch us play the songs and, you know, see us hard at work doing our darndest. You can check that out. It's going to be on our Facebook page, which I feel like I should pop over to our YouTube right now. And we also have this music video for this track, Liminal, that we just recently put out. I have some of it playing on the screen right now. This was shot by our friend, Nathan Nathan King, King, and starring his lovely better half, Heather Taylor. Heather is so beautiful and cool. And you brought somebody to the party as well. Yeah, and I brought Eric. Um, he's very sweet. He gets possessed and I have to kiss him. (laughs) So yeah, we've been like pretty hard at work. I'd say over the past year, putting this project together, writing songs, planning videos and recording. And there's so much that we can get into. And it's really hard for me being a host (laughs) slash band member. So I'm going to do my best to pretend that I'm not in the band for at least 10 minutes and I'm going to interview Indigo as Indigo. Okay. So Indigo, Uh let's talk about you and your experience just getting into music in general. Okay. Where did it all start? Um, well, I started writing songs when I was a little kid. Um, I would sing in the car to my parents and I'd make up songs about us going home <laughs> to our cats. <laughs> you can ask my mom. She'll tell you. But yeah, I'd be like. So nothing has changed. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had these two cats growing up, Cricket and Turbo. And um, Turbo was a tuxedo cat. And so I would make up songs about um, Cricket being this beautiful um, lady and Turbo being this gentleman and uh, they'd be like at a ball together and it'd be very dramatic. Um, But yeah. And then, um, and then I just started uh, writing more as I got older. And um, so like what happened that shifted into (laughs) something that would be, let's call it uh, moody moody because i imagine i mean you're you're pretty moody now and i don't think much is that's probably where it started well my parents are did you go through an emo phase oh your parents are goth yeah my parents raised me on like the smiths the cure depeche mode uh cranberries cardigans you know that's the funny thing about someone your age because you're in your mid-20s now right Yeah, 26 so you're 26 so like when your parents were, you know, in their either late teens or early twenties, whenever they had you, it's like that's what was going on in music. And it's so yeah. funny because like this is sort of similar with me because my dad was listening to like Metallica mm-hmm. and Megadeth and shit. So you just had like the inverse. You had like yeah. the, the goth side from the same generation. Yeah. And I mean like when I was growing up, my dad would still go out to dance nights and stuff. So uh, a lot of my childhood was uh, hearing him play Depeche Mode in the bathroom and stuff <laughs> and <laughs> as he's like getting ready to go out um, and yeah I mean like some of my first crushes were like Morrissey and Robert Smith uh, and my mom and I would just like fawn over them uh, and Bowie and 
yeah. So yeah, I just grew up listening to really good music because of my parents. Uh, Garbage the band. Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I could go on and on like the list of great music that they both introduced me to. Um, and I feel very lucky for that. But so, yeah, so I think um, I think in general, the music I write has a really broad range because it just kind of depends on what I'm inspired by at the time. Um, so like, yeah, this project is definitely, uh, very much in line with like goth stuff, but I'd say other projects I've been in have been more, um, indie or alternative kind of, uh, like lighter stuff. Um, and I'd say, yeah, the, I'd, I'd say like the solo stuff I write myself, I guess, uh, like just for myself is more folky even, um, you know, more like soft girl, like Phoebe Bridgers kind of, uh, soccer mommy kind of stuff. Sure. So we, we tapped into something here. It's like, uh, I'm easy to tap. It's like the, (laughs) 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 we didn't mean it that way. I'm just an open book. <laughs> Should have just said I'm an open book. So the cool thing about all of that is that you didn't have to like go through some weird backdoor channels or CD characters to find out about good music because it happens with yeah. some people where a lot of times the friends that you have in high school, the only good thing that mm-hmm. comes out of it is your taste in music. Yeah. But you were already listening to this stuff as a kid. So yeah. you didn't need to hang out with any shady kids to already have a shady influence. I mean, I song out with shady Oh, I'm sure you kids. fucking did. <laughs> but, but like, I mean, okay. Yeah. I would say like, uh, but so yeah, I mean like I grew up listening to that and then, um, like my teen years uh, started getting into like, you know, all of like the, the emo scene stuff that you and I bonded over, like Paramore, uh, Panic of the Disco, Metro Station, uh, all those bands. Um, although I would I would say it's hard to pin down my taste in music because it's so at the same time that I was I was I've been thinking about this a lot recently it's like at the same time that I was listening to all of those emo bands and uh you know dressing all scene and everything my choppy bangs and stuff um, <laughs> my hot topic wardrobe at the same time I was also listening to uh a lot of like popular uh alternative indie music Um, so I don't know. It's, I mean, we all contain multitudes. (laughs) Let's be real. And I'm a Gemini, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, the thing is like, even in high school, it'd be like, you know, one day I'd be wearing really like, like totally decked out hot topic corset, uh, fishnets kind of outfit, you know, and then, the next day I'd be wearing like a sundress and listening to the killers or, uh, Peter Bjorn and John and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. It's just every day I think that we can be a new person and, and I still feel that way. 
So did you ever have a moment where you felt like you had this teenage rebellion from your parents and their interests and you were like, I'm not interested in any of this goth stuff or like, that's my parents music. Honestly, no. If anything, I think I leaned into it more and I think that it was good. I was, I'm very lucky looking back on it. I'm like very lucky that, uh, my parents had good taste in my opinion, had a taste that I ended up liking and was never like embarrassed of or anything. And, and if anything, like it was just cool. Cause then we could bond over that and like share things with each other. So it was like, you know, in high school, uh, at one point my mom was just like, it's time for you to find out about Rocky horror picture show. And my mom is super cool. And she's like played magenta before and, and I actually played magenta at Chatham and it felt really cool to have that connection with her. Um, but yeah, so she was like the cool mom that like let all of my queer friends hang out at our house. If their parents were crummy about it and she would take us to the Hollywood theater to go see Rocky Horror Picture Show um you know in the dead of night <laughs> and um would let me have uh cool goth parties and stuff and never questioned it um yeah i feel very lucky um very very lucky nice so my thing with that is because I I had like a brief moment where I felt like, you know, Iron Maiden was my dad's music. And I was like, I needed something that was my own, you know? Mm. So it's like, no, I'm going to listen to Corn and I'm going to listen to Rage <laughs> Against the Machine and I'm going to listen to Green Day and the Smashing Pumpkins. And none of that makes sense. <laughs> but it's like at the time, like those were all like that was all what was cool and on the radio, yeah. what kids in school were listening to. And I love all those bands still. Yeah, they're still and good. If you look back, the stuff that Iron Maiden was doing in the mid 90s is pretty dog shit. So it's like not super surprising that like you would fall out of it. But I ended up coming back around to it, you know, like as a like I was like 15. I was like, oh, yeah, Iron Maiden. I remember this. And now it's like, you know, I love all that shit. Yeah. It was so interesting, though, because like my background with anything goth didn't really happen until a lot later i was always familiar that it existed yeah but like i was brought up on like heavy metal and guitar music and it was never like don't listen to that yeah it just wasn't like around me a whole lot until um until high school and you start to meet more people and like you know a friend actually my first time with anything somewhat goth would have been industrial and kmfdm okay because they um they had a song that was in the Street Fighter 2 anime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it all ties together, you know what I mean? <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, anime can get you goth too. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Truth. So what would you think about if I threw the ball in your court and you asked me some questions about okay. my life? Okay. All right. Um, I feel like you've already told me this, but who's your favorite turtle? Oh, you know, it's funny. I've answered this question at least two or three times. 
recently like recently. on episodes that haven't even come out yet that's how recent it is <laughs> so okay. i don't know what this mm. is but i'll gladly answer it how I can, about you I can come up with something else well um, no it's fine i'll answer it okay i'll answer it okay the short answer is never leonardo <laughs> <laughs> well okay long answer as a kid i was a mikey in my 20s in my 20s i was definitely a raf mm-hmm. and in my 30s where I now exist, I found myself to be quite the Donatello. Okay. But never Leonardo. <laughs> never. Never Leonardo. <laughs> never Leonardo. What about what you? I feel like a Mikey girl. I yeah. could see that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I'm a Mikey girl. I love Mikey. I, I miss my Mikey side. I don't miss my Raph. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, the, the Raff years. <laughs> <laughs> Riff Raff, straight Ooh. up. <laughs> Ooh. Um, okay, what's another question? Um, I'm just looking around the room. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So like, uh, like MySpace night, uh, you and I have talked about like emo scene music. Um, you know, I've been waiting all day to bring this up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, the new MGK is fire. It's so good. And I'm here for the 2020 emo revival. It is all we have. It's the only good thing that can come out of this year. That's not true, but it could, but it may be. We'll see. But like people are reviving scene on TikTok and now MGK is bringing it back. He's dating Megan Fox. It's all, we're all just going back in time. Thoughts? Well, the couple songs that I have heard. That I've played for you. That you've played for me. (laughs) I'm not fans of the Uh. music. Like I totally get, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's dog shit. There's one thing if I was like, fuck that, that's bad music. Mm-hmm. Like I can hate something, but still understand why you like it. Like Vampire Weekend. Sure, sure. So that. it's like, yeah. I don't think that the music is objectively bad. Okay. And like, I was interested enough to even dig into it. And I like <laughs> read true. up on like who played on the album, who yeah. produced it and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. I don't like any of the bands that the people involved with this album are involved with. Okay. So why so it's it like, I don't up, like the interrupters. Um, I don't like Blink-182. I don't like the transplants. I'm sorry. I'm just not a fan. But I'm sorry. Can we go the- back to the part where you said you don't like Blink-182? <laughs> You're a phony. You shouldn't be running MySpace now. I should be. Okay. I mean, nobody's running MySpace night anymore. I just got really sad thinking about it after I I said that. And the other thing, too, is like, I feel like I can like songs, but not like a band. Okay. Yeah. No, I You know what I mean? Like, like I, you can't, like, if I was going to pick any Blink-182 album, sure. Like, you know, like, Take Off Your Pants, Enema of the State, even some of Dude Ranch, all that stuff is cool. But, like, I don't, like, like it. Like, I don't, like just put it on and listen to blink 182 but like i get that like it has a vibe and it has a mood and i appreciate the songs because there is nostalgia attached to a lot of that music yeah i like lose my mind when i hear always i'm just like oh the nostalgia yeah i'm just not like a fan of those bands but i do Mm -hmm. respect those bands yeah so i think to answer your question to go back i like and i think about 
I'm such the a video with Megan is so good. I said that. I, I said that the video was cute. The video is cute. I'm but really they happy. Don't know. They don't know that you said it was cute. I think the video is cute. I think it's awesome that MGK is kind of back in his. I just realized my seat's way up higher than yours. I'm going to drop that down. I was like, <laughs> I look like a fucking giant. Um, you are a giant. I think that the video is cute. I'm really happy to see him being himself. I think mm-hmm. he's being undeniably himself. He needs to be keep on touring with fallout boy and panic at the disco playing that set. Like that's awesome. I think that's great for him. He seems happy. I'm sure that the people that like him, like, you know, like, like you are excited. Honestly, I was not a fan until now. I like never dove into his music. And then my friend Riley was like, have you heard the new MGK? And I was like, no, why would I? And then I looked into it. I was like, Oh my God. And then I saw Megan Fox and I was like, ah, and then I found out that they were both Taurus. They're, they're both Taurus and they're dating. They're a double Taurus couple, which is like, how can I just be in that? I'm a simp for Taurus. <laughs> I am. <laughs> and I don't deny it. I, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy for them. <laughs> And I think that it's great that they're putting out music that is positive. They're having fun. Yeah. And I fuck with that energy. Okay. The the, the music itself is just not for me. You know, like, it's just not my thing. Okay. But it's so interesting because, like, it. I just, I don't know. I, don't, I, I find that with a lot of that stuff in that era, even the stuff that, would be MySpace night adjacent stuff. Like at the yeah. time that that stuff was happening, I didn't give a fuck about that stuff as much in the time. But later I started to appreciate it because like the songs existed and I attached memories and things to those songs where they actually meant something to me more like mm-hmm. a decade later. Yeah. Um, or I was just able to appreciate them for what they were a decade later. Like bands like cute is what we aim for. Love it. Like they are so unapologetically of the time, but really good songwriters, very catchy songs. Oh yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm a fan of that band, but I would say that they write damn good songs. Yeah, they do. (sighs) Paramore, however. Mm -hmm. Flawless. Top tier. Iconic. Every year they get better. I think Paramore was probably the band for me that kind of, opened up the door and made me give a lot of those bands from that era a second chance. Okay. Well, I mean, here's the thing that I have always found interesting about Paramore and have respected about them is that they have changed their sound over the years, like undeniably so. But at the same time, there's still like a core energy to it that remains. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they, I feel like every time they change their sound, they open up the ability to pull in a new fan base without losing the one that they have because there's still that core energy to it. Yeah. Like there's still Haley's voice, which is incredible. And so like people come for that and they stay for that. And while they change up the music, like people stay on and more people come in. Like I... One of the times that I've seen them live was uh, when they were on tour with No Doubt. Incredible show. Two incredible bands. That was like another one that my parents raised me on was No Doubt. Um, So, you know, like uh, seeing 
them together was like this great blend of like, this is a band that I've grown up listening to and admiring, uh, plus a band that I've found in my teen years and have started admiring. And I do think that that tour with no doubt had an effect on their music. Cause if you listen to a lot of their newer stuff post that tour, I feel like there's a lot of like that Gwen Stefani sound in their music. I think the thing with Paramore that maybe if there are any naysayers of the band or people that maybe like the band in their like riot era, but Mm -hmm. haven't carried, haven't stuck on board. Paramore has always been a pop rock band. And I think to classify them as anything else is mischaracterizing them. Okay. But the thing is that they just stay relevant with what is popular in pop rock music at the time. True. And when Riot came out, that's what the fuck it was. That's right. what the scene was. It was all bands like that. Yeah. You know? And then when Brand New Eyes came out, it was like those bands got a little bit older and they were writing stuff that was a little bit sadder and a little bit darker and it got kind of weird. Well, and, and also then, I feel like Brand New Eyes is kind of indie almost. It started to leak more into that early 2000 indie sound. Sure. Brand New Eyes, yeah. Brand New Eyes sounds like if Circa Survive and Death Cab for Cutie made an album together. Yes. It's so weird. Yeah. Like they could totally just have toured with Death Cab that year. Yeah. Did they? I don't know. I'm not sure. Google it, listeners. Or even like uh, like what Me Without You was starting to do at <sighs> the time. Me Without You. And there was like all that like artsy indie stuff and Paramore is kind of tapping into that. And mm. then I could keep going through, but they've just like, they've just kind of rode the wave with what was current, but maintaining right. their own thing which is really cool yeah i mean there have been different people in and out of the band yeah right uh but i love paramore me too so before we wrap up our conversation not in general but our conversation on scene stuff over. i have a <laughs> gift for you is this what stacy was talking about yes this is what stacy i love you stacy but I was trying to keep this 1,000% a surprise. Who's Gerald? It's still a surprise. Gerald has nothing to do with this. There's no Gerald. What? <laughs> but maybe. It, okay. So. So here's what happened is I brought cookies that had eyeballs in them. And I told Stacy that she could name them. And then I was like helping her name some. And I named one Gerald. And then she like grabbed Brian and was like, did you give her Gerald yet? Or something like that. And I was like. <laughs> What? <laughs> okay, so it was recently Stacy's birthday weekend. Stacy, my girlfriend, Stacy Sullen Whimsy, famous world renowned pottery artist. She's amazing and so beautiful. We were out of town, and while we were out of town, we stopped in a couple thrift stores and I found something. Is it haunted? I found something in a thrift store. It could be haunted. Welcome to Thrifty Podcast. <laughs> I'm <Yes>. Toddy Tondera. <laughs> but this is for you. From the thrift store, just because I saw it and I was like, I'm going to get this and I'm going to give it to Indigo. And I thought, what better opportunity to give it to you than on uh, on a live stream? We're not a live Am stream. Am I going to cry? I'm a cancer cuss by my cry. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand it's not Gerald as you are. No, you don't, you don't understand because... Because I am a Twihard, as in I am a huge fan of the Twilight series. And uh, I just found out 
from a PowerPoint party with some friends that Gerard Way inspired Edward Cullen. Did I already tell you that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like went on this tirade um, and apparently <laughs> Stephanie Meyer asked him if he would play Edward Cullen and he said, no. Let's see. Can I get um, this? He said, absolutely not. So yeah, I, uh, I found this in a Goodwill in Ohio. I love it. It was $1. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this needs to, it's the same picture on both sides. Why? Why does this exist? I don't know. Cause it's perfect. Wait, no, you don't understand now that I'm thinking about it. I have a mug that is Robert Pattinson's face in a tile print. Um, and I could have both of them and then have the inspiration for Edward Cullen and Edward Cullen in two mugs, one in each hand. And I, that's exactly what I'm going to take a picture of tonight. Just wanted to let you know that you're in our thoughts and prayers. Even if we're, even if we're miles and miles and miles away, you're always with us. Also like why this picture? Not that it's a bad picture (laughs) of him, but it's just like specifically from like a live show. Yeah. I mean, that's like somebody's handmade mug. Someone said, this is my favorite picture of him. And I need to look at it every morning when I have my coffee and then discard of it years later at a thrift store. Yeah. Oh my God. It's yours now. So, uh, happy birthday. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Happy anniversary. Happy celebration of our EP release. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck fuck COVID. This is safe. (laughs) How many strangers do you think have touched this? I don't think anybody has touched that. So what do you think the experience is of being in a Goodwill and that being the one thing that you buy from the store? It would be the one thing I would buy from the store. Um, I think that if I were the clerk at the store, I'd be like, right on, man. Yeah. (laughs) I see where your passions lie. (laughs) Well, cheers. Cheers. So... With this, oh, I just love looking at it. Yeah, I, I don't really know what else to talk about. <laughs> um, anything. We like so many things. Um, spooky things. Spooky season. You edit this right. Normally, I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I prompted myself. I, I came can't. with prompts. Can I talk about this? No. I mean, if, if you want to, it might be too off base. See, this is why I'm asking you if you yeah. edit it. I okay. mean, I can edit. Watch Lovecraft Country. I love it. It's so good. Watch it. Listen to the podcasts about it and use the the study guide <laughs> and learn and Black Lives Matter and learn. This is so great. And the show is really great. And it's all I've been consuming lately. Besides the new MGK. Boom. In terms of... Our band. 
our band and <laughs> your role in this band. Yes. Some people have made comments. Do they hate me? I, no. Give me a what chance. <laughs> no. Hey, calm down. Calm down. Some people have made comments and I've made these observations as well in regards to you and how good you are in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, you edit this. Right? <laughs> no, <laughs> you're like you're so good in front of the camera. I'm like, you edit this and we'll cut this out. Right. <laughs> I'm really good on the spot. <laughs> no, but you have done really well in the music video. You did an awesome job. And some of the other things that we have filmed that I'm not going to talk about yet. They're secrets. You've done a really good job. Thank and you. I'm curious about your experience in front of a camera and how you've gotten so comfortable. Because I'm like 10,000 years older than you and not the age has anything to do with it. But I feel <laughs> like you're a million years ahead of me in front of a camera. Wow. It's arguable that I have maybe spent a lot more time in front of a camera than you. Not that it's a competition. I just yeah, see somebody that's really comfortable and I feel like I'm super not comfortable still to this day. Um, well, uh, I have done some acting. Um, like I, I would say I've done more stage acting than I've done video acting. Um, but I have done some video stuff. Uh, mostly I had a friend that used to live in Pittsburgh and doesn't anymore. Um, Steph Koza, love you. Um, and we used to live together and, um, she's an amazing, uh, YouTuber. She used to work for Buzzfeed. Um, and so we made some videos together and they were super fun. Um, and, uh, I guess beyond that, I just... I don't know. I I think that once once again, I've done a lot more stage acting than I've done anything on video, but I think that it is similar and it translates. Um and I think that I'm also a freak and a nerd. And um if you know me, uh you know one of the things I love most in this world is Shakespeare. And, um, so I did my undergraduate thesis on Shakespeare and translating, uh, Shakespeare into modern times and making it more palatable to younger audiences. Um, but so as growing up as a Shakespeare nerd, that's another thing. So my parents were like, we live in this house. We listen to Kate Bush and Depeche Mode and we read Shakespeare nonstop. But like not in like a like an annoying way, just that like uh, they made reading really fun for me. And once again, like that's something I'm really grateful for that I know not everyone has. Um but both of my parents are avid readers, and so they raised me reading a lot of older stuff, um, and especially Shakespeare. And But the thing is that's so important about Shakespeare that a lot of people don't know, and that's why they hate it. And that was kind of like what my thesis was about, was like, I'll talk to friends and they'll be like, oh my god, I can't stand Shakespeare. I hate it. It's so boring and stuff. And I'm like... Okay, well, are you how are you consuming it, right? So like are you reading it on the page or uh are you reading it out loud? Are you seeing it on stage? And the answer is that a lot of people are just reading it on the page. 
And that's how they were taught it in school. And that's why they think they hate Shakespeare. But if you read it aloud or you see it live, you see how incredible and beautiful it is. And so being a huge nerd, uh, when I want to reread Shakespeare, which is often, um, I will just perform it in my bedroom by myself and, <laughs> and play all of the parts. So, um, cause it makes me really happy. There's like nothing that gives me such a boost when I'm low than actually, okay, that's not true. There's two things. If I'm really sad, there are only two things that can pull me out of it. Reading Shakespeare loudly alone in my bedroom or watching Nick Cage movies. <laughs> <laughs> specifically Moonstruck, which is my phone background and has been for about two years now. Um, and I get a lot of comments on it. But um, yeah, so I think that performing Shakespeare in my bedroom for many years definitely helps with acting because, uh, and this is me being a total Shakespeare stan and trying to make everyone else one too. Uh, the reason why Shakespeare still exists and holds up so well is because he created these very, very deep, complex characters that are so real. And so if you want to, as an actor, really harness human emotion and really become a character, then you have to start with Shakespeare. Um, and that's uh, just something that I think any actor should practice uh, if they want to learn to be more comfortable shifting into someone else's skin. Um, so yeah. So while I may not have as much experience on camera um, or on stage, I think that reading Shakespeare alone in my bedroom to myself and my cat is practice enough. That makes all the sense in the world. I have not partaken in any of that. I'm actually a really shitty reader. I don't read. I'll I don't... read it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I will just come here. Band practice is now me reading Shakespeare to you and Stacy every week. All right. Yeah. Yeah. If whenever we were starting to get the band together another thing that really impressed me and this is just i guess becoming the <laughs> the indigo cry. appreciation hour it's <laughs> just um you have a, a really strong work ethic that i find very respectful and i find very helpful for me <laughs> as somebody who also i mean i don't know if i have a good work ethic or not i like to you think do. i do i just i think I, you do i i'm also i i I'm criminally modest, I suppose, but you have a very good work ethic and it was really cool when we were starting this project just because of how quickly everything came together. And I feel like we've done a couple interviews now and like, I'm like, we're answering some questions for other people yeah, and they're asking us things and it feels like kind of weird to be like, yeah, everything came together really easily and there were no problems. It feels like that's just something that people would say <laughs> and like, but like, that's really how it was. And yeah. trust me, it's like, I have a life full of problems and I'm sure that you're not much different in some regard because we're human. There's yeah. life's just full of fucking problems, but there really haven't been many 
for yeah, us. Honestly, the so. only snag that has been COVID. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. But that was the whole world. That wasn't unique right. <laughs> to us. We, we had so no that, control that barely over that. Doesn't even, that doesn't even count. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a pandemic doesn't count as a stall for your band. <laughs> so things have been really smooth. And the point that I was getting at was just like, it's really cool to be able to work with somebody who is like, yeah, I want to do this. And then they do it. Because like, I didn't know, I had no idea what to expect. Like, what did you expect from this? Because we, we had talked about it online through Facebook comments, mm-hmm. which is like, that means nothing. <laughs> And then like a couple months later, whenever you came back home, because you were in Florida at the time. (laughs) Yeah, I had a mental breakdown. Normalize mental health. I think that it is important that we destigmatize depression and anxiety. um, And that's something that I take very seriously. But yeah, if you are not doing well, ask for help. It's really hard, but you need to do it and take time for yourself to try to heal and I think that we live in such a horrifying capitalist society that pushes us to work nonstop and only be productive. And if we can't function in it and we aren't taking care of ourselves and we need help and we need to take a break, we feel like we can't because society pushes us in a way that we can't do that. And we need to focus on mutual aid and taking care of our loved ones and asking for help when we need it. And that's all I'm going to say. Love y'all. Focusing. You came back from Florida. I did. And we met up. Yes. We had a couple beers. Row House, Beer Port. Yeah. We had a couple beers at Beer Port. Row House. We love you. Shout outs. So much. I miss you so much. And all we did was like basically talk for like a couple hours about like, yeah. hey, these are this is what I'm into. What are you into? Like I think this we is- just showed each other pictures of our scene selves <laughs> was one thing that we did. <laughs> I was like, look at me when I listen to MSI. And you were like, look at me when I listen to MSI. <laughs> And then I told you about how I had a huge crush on Mason Musso, and that took about an hour. (laughs) Three hours, and one whole hour was dedicated to my teenage crush on Mason Musso. Still would tap that. (laughs) I take it back. (laughs) All right. Okay. So... Focusing. We after talk. that conversation, <laughs> after all of that, like what were you expecting, if anything? Like what were your takeaway thoughts after meeting with us? Because that's the other thing, too, for people that are like watching this that I mean, I feel like a lot of people, whenever we announced we were doing the band, were like, what the fuck? Because like we didn't really tell anybody. We didn't talk. We didn't talk about it at all for like a year. And also like we, we don't really hang out music. like we're friends yeah. like online friends. And we would see each other at like events and things right. at shows or DJ nights and things like that. But we're not like. Yeah. We were friends. just like secretly hanging out every week having <laughs> dinner and making sounds. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I think that, you know, but at the time before all that, before we were like, you know, getting together every week and really starting to get to know each other, like you didn't fucking know me at all. So I'm curious to know like what your thoughts were like prior to me sending over the first track. Like what were you expecting, if anything at all? Well, I'm going to be honest because I didn't know you. I wasn't sure if it was really going to happen. So here's the thing I'll say about my work ethic is that I'm always down for anything. So all the time people will be like, oh my God, what if we did this? Like, what if we made this short film? Or what if we did this art show together? Or, you know, what if we put together this zine or something? And I'm always down. And and that's something I'll say about myself. I'm always down for whatever it is, happy to do it, happy to contribute in any way that I can. Uh, just You just have to tell me what you need and also be down to follow through on it. So that's the thing is like, I think that all the time people will reach out to me about doing projects and I like keep a list. <laughs> like, I, I'm, a, I'm a psychopath. I keep a list. <laughs> I do. And I keep a list of things just because I do want to follow back on them if you know, people don't follow through with it and stuff. You know, I want to trace back and be like, hey, did you still want to do that? Um, But, you know, like anytime anyone says a cool idea, like we're just hanging out and we're spitballing and they say something that sounds like it could be really cool, I try to make a note of it and I'm like, you know, okay, if I don't hear from them in a week or two, I'll circle back and be like, hey, this actually seems really cool. Do you want to still do it? Um, But uh, half of the time I'd say, People uh, don't follow through, but you did. So you sent me. Should we stop? That was good. No. Okay. Okay. This camera Um, did turn off, but I'll fix it in a minute. Okay. Um, But yeah, I. I mean, that's the whole thing. That's that's one hundred percent all that needed to happen was that you uh, pitched the idea of making music together. And I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. And then you actually sent me stuff to work with. And I was like, let's do it. (laughs) And that's like, I mean, that's the thing. And that's, that's all it takes is like, I'm excited for any new creative project anytime. Uh, and it's just a matter of if the other person is committed to it and you have been, uh, I do also respect your work ethic incredibly. I think you and I have talked multiple times how we're both better on deadlines. If we give ourselves like a specific day to have something done by, we're more likely to get it done. And I, and I think that's been true every time that we've been like, maybe taking a minute with something and then we're like, okay, no, we need a deadline and we give ourselves one. Uh, then we, we get stuff done. Yeah. Um, and I think we're good at giving ourselves, uh, plans for when we meet up and being like, okay, here's what we need to have accomplished and then actually doing it. Um, and now we've built in this kind of tender friendship into it as well. And how like having dinner together and like, having our little family with Stacy. At least that's how I look at it. And it's just really nice. It's my favorite part of the week is band practice. Aw. It's the truth. That's so sweet. <laughs> I could have a terrible, terrible week. And then I come over here and I have dinner with you and Stacy. And then we work on stuff together. And then everything doesn't feel so bad. Well, I'm glad that we can help and in the terrible department. <laughs> make things more terrible yeah yeah <laughs> we'll make things i guess 
I said that wrong, but you know what I'm. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like your sentiments pretty much mirror mine exactly because I really didn't know what to expect. You know, like I knew that you had done stuff with bands before, but like I really had never like heard you sing or anything. Yeah. And I and like I'm not. With me, I'm not so concerned whether or not you can sing. It's can you actually write a song? Mm. And that's something that I've come across with a lot of people that I've been in bands with. It's like, you know, I've been in bands with people that can play guitar, mm. but they could play stuff that other people wrote. It's like, right. can you actually write something? It's a, yeah. diff- it's a different thing. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to make a track. <laughs> and I'm just going to send it over and I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. And like, I didn't, I had no idea what to expect. And then whenever you had sent something back and you're like, hey, here's a track back with vocals recorded, even (laughs) though it was just like you playing it, you know, on a on your computer and then recording the microphone that was still like that showed like. No, whatever it takes sort of like mentality, like, okay, I know that this isn't the best, but I want to be able to show something. And it was like a whole ass song (laughs) that was like written and done. And this was like in like a week period between like me starting something, sending it to you, you working on it, sending it back. Like it happened really fast. And it was like, holy shit, like we could totally do this because like it was like really cool to see that you had an understanding as I mean, this might sound like dumb to people that are musicians, but like mm-hmm. the basic idea of like, Oh, like, cause I sent you a full track that had like intro versus yeah. choruses, bridge, everything. Like it was a fully structured song and like you wrote pretty much appropriately to everything. I think there was maybe, I mean, with every single song, there's been things yeah, where it's like, hey, like, I should things. shorten this, or like, hey, you should extend that, or like, yeah. you know, we move things around. So, I right. mean, it wasn't like 100% done whenever you sent it back, obviously, but right. there was enough of it there. It was like, wow, like, it's really cool that Indigo listened to this, wrote this, it's catchy, it makes sense, it follows the format, and like, yeah, yeah we could totally totally make actually make something happen i wasn't like i was hoping something would happen but i also wasn't expecting it to because much like you i'm a person that a lot of people come to with ideas like hey we should do this let's try this let's try that and also i kind of put myself i bite off more than i can chew a lot too because i'm always like hey we should do this let's try this out i mean that's how this whole fucking project happened (laughs) but i mean thankfully it did because it's actually become like it was super refreshing for me as somebody that had been you know kind of i wouldn't say in a rut i i really enjoy all the other stuff that i do musically outside of this but this is just like so different and the other thing too for for some reason if people were watching this that aren't like podcast they don't know my show and they're maybe here for you or here because of the band um i also play in a heavy metal band and i also have like a hip-hop rock project that are way different than some faith yeah um but you know for both of those projects like for the heavy metal band i'm the front person so like i don't really contribute to the music at all outside of you know like if we're at practice and i'm like hey you should try that this way or do you know like just little ideas but i'm not really a songwriter for the band and then for the the rap rock project like i make all the beats and i kind of put everything together kind of in a similar way that we do for some faith 
but I mean, I have other people that come in and they add their things to that afterwards. Right. You know, I'm just, I just kind of like, I start things out and it's, but, and then also, and I also am the front person for that band as well. Yeah. So for this, it's cool to be able to compose something that's not rap, that's not metal, that I'm not like having to get on a microphone for. And I can kind of just like be in the back and produce and just like, it's a different thing. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just happy it all happened. And I'm happy that we both are, I think we're both very similar people in a lot of ways. Like you're saying, like we both take off uh, a lot more than we can chew and, um, and do a lot of different projects at the same time. Um, and we also just have a lot of similar interests, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which has made this easy, I think, too. I think that's another part of it is just that on a more personal level, you and I just like have a lot in common and gel as friends, I think. And I think that helps because it makes practice like you know, like I was saying, like it makes it go easy. It makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, cause most of the time we're just kind of like, well, not most of the time we do lots of work, but we're like always keeping it light and goofy. Oh, it's, it's so miserable being in a band with people you don't get along with. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing is like, if you're in a band with three or four other people, sometimes even more, depending on how wacky the band is, right. um, there could be one person in that band and you cannot get along with them, but it can still function. Right. But in a situation like this, where yeah, it's just we me. We would and, have to get along. Yeah, I know. We have to be pretty much, you know, yeah. on the same page. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it's like, I don't have to like MGK and you don't have to like, if like, maybe I send you some weird heavy metal shit every once in a I while. I like I've liked everything you've sent me. I'm an open book. Yeah. But. I'm just a, a curmudgeon. But I, I will go back. I will say I, I appreciate the MGK. Okay. I appreciate. I'm glad that he's doing that. I feel like it's so much more him, but less of him, more of us. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think that. Uh. I mean, that's the thing. Is like I've been in groups before that we haven't put out any music or gotten to this kind of point, um, because they've not worked out for a multitude of reasons, and so it's been a real pleasure being able to make music with someone that is also as like eager and determined to make it happen. And, um, and also for any of you that don't know, Brian is just like a really good person. And yeah, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Um, but like seriously, as a femme person in music, Um, I've been involved in booking, running venues, performing, uh, on a multitude of levels. And one thing that is really hard about the music scene that I know plenty of people talk about, but I still feel like we don't talk about it enough is that it is so male dominated. And a lot of the times it's like just rampant with toxic masculinity And, um, there's so many times that I've been put down by men in the music scene, um, told that I don't matter because I'm just a vocalist and, uh, and I don't play any instruments or, uh, you know, anything like that, you know, like, oh, you don't matter, you know, or you aren't smart or you're not doing enough or something like that, you know? And, uh, I would say that this is one of the first times that I feel 
that, that I ever felt really comfortable making music with someone because um, there was never a point where I felt um, nervous or um, like I was being talked down to or anything like that. And it was just so refreshing. And I hope that more female vocalists um, or non-male vocalists, you know, non-binary people as well, uh, are able to work in an environment where they are valued um, and they are given space. And I think that it's just important that we are able to hold these spaces uh, for non-cishet men, you know, because um, it's, it's, it's really hard out here. And, um, and I think there's so many talented people that never get into music, uh, or get into performing or putting out their music because somebody's talked down to them. Somebody's told them that they didn't matter or that they weren't talented enough or X, Y, Z weren't pretty enough, you know, uh, all these kinds of things. And yeah. And if anyone ever wants to talk about it, reach out to me because I got a lot of feelings and I'm sure you do too. And we can just hug after COVID probably for safety reasons. We can virtual hug. I mean, you know, (laughs) for me, it's always been, I guess I was, I mean, for me, it doesn't feel, I don't feel fortunate because of this because I don't feel like it's anything special. But over time, I've maybe started to realize that maybe it is special and the way that I was brought up around music and the things that I was exposed to and just what I was generally listening to because like for me, it was never been awkward or weird that there was, you know, female or female presenting or whatever people like in the music scene, even in alternative music, because like I was listening to, you know I mean? Like I, when I was growing up, there was, you know, heavy metal bands and punk bands with, you know, girls and guys and blacks and whites and all this. Like, it was just like, it was always like a mixture of everything for me just because like, that's just what I don't know. Like I didn't seek it out. I just always saw it. But as I've gotten older, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, you hear, you start to hear these stories in the scene and it's like, you know, like, fuck it, it sucks to hear that people have to deal with that. And it's like, and in a way too, like, You know, I'm not comparing my experience to anybody, but I've been told pretty much all the same things you've been told, even as my normal ass. Right. The thing is, it's like, you know, there are some people that are going to, you know, talk down on people because they are girls. And there's also going to be people that are talking down on me just because, like, people are assholes in general. In general. mean. So the point that I think that I'm trying to make here, kind of piggybacking on your comments for anybody that is watching this that feels like there isn't a place for you in the scene. No, there isn't a place in the scene for people that are going to talk down on you. And trust me, those people are not going to be around very long because they never last. Yeah. Those people will never last. It catches up with them. They either, they either get bored and moved on to, they move on to the next thing or it does catch up with them. And, you know, I mean, fucking you i never want anything terrible to happen and people to get called out not because like i don't it's not because i don't want people to get called out i just don't want the things that happen that make people get called out to happen yeah you know what? it would just sense? be great if yeah. <laughs> abuse didn't happen yes, in the music that would, scene that would be great it would just be great if yeah. we could all be kind to each other but and keep I each other that, safe you know it is important to i think that it's 
it's really easy sometimes like if your whole bubble is a music thing to think like oh like you know like abuse is a problem in the music scene or yeah. um uh, what's the word that i'm looking for like you know toxic masculinity is a problem yeah. in the music scene or sexism is a problem in the music scene like these are just problems in general yeah. that bleed into the music scene because music is just a part of life. And these are parts of, yeah. so it's like, you know, don't think so negatively of your scene because there are bad people in it. Do what you can to get those people out. Cause I guarantee you, there are more people that want to help you and see you succeed than see you fail. Yeah. And if they're not, then like you're just in the wrong circle of people. And I don't know. Come hang out with us. I don't know what to do. It's just, it's, I mean, that's the other thing too, is it is completely possible for some people to just get caught in a web of shitty people, regardless of how it might be a small web, but they do exist. Yeah. But this is a conversation that I'm not qualified to talk about. I'm not a fucking social expert on any level. I just make weird music, but don't feel alone. There's no reason to feel alone. Don't feel alone. I think, one important thing for sure is that, um, I mean, the classic Jenny Holzer, our abusive power comes as no surprise. Like the, I think the problem in the music scene, and there's been a lot of conversations about it recently, um, with a lot of, uh, call outs in like California and New York music scene is, um, that, uh, the problem is a lot of the times that like some, men get this like God complex because yeah, when you're on stage and there's people cheering for you and adoring you, um, it's easy. And, and once again, it's not always men, but, uh, with a lot yeah. of the call outs recently, well, it was, yeah, sure. you know, but it's like, uh, in those cases, a lot of them admitted that it was like, you know, when you're up there and you feel so powerful, you feel like you can just do whatever you want. doesn't matter if she's underage, doesn't matter if X, Y, Z, you know, and, uh, and I think that's part of the problem. I think that we, it's, it's something I've been seeing a lot about recently with everything that's going on about, you know, we need to kill our idols. We need like not actually kill, but like, you know, we, we need death of the ego. We need, um, to stop having this idea of celebrities. We need to just treat people like people and respect each other. And I think that if we can break that down and stop turning it into, um, this whole idol complex, then we can be so much better off. If we can just learn to treat each other as friends, then it won't be like, oh, well, I guess like you're this big, powerful music person and I have to listen to you or do what you say or think what you are saying is true. It's just like, no, you and I are just people and you're saying this and I don't have to do what you're saying type of thing. Um, And I think that it's just important that we just start to love ourselves more and break down uh, all of the fame, I suppose, because it's it's just at the end of the day, they're people and we're people and uh, it shouldn't be so complicated. Yeah, there there's I mean, people are terrible, but simultaneously like can be so good. The only 
problem is that like in our in this subculture, right? This this alternative. The only problem with the alternative subculture is that it attracts the worst of the worst. Mm. And there's this interesting thing that I've had to come to terms with over the course of like honestly the last half of my life. You know, I mean, today is my birthday. I am 35 years old today. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to me. So, I mean, like literally since I was 17, like getting ready to turn 18, moving out, like I got kicked out of my mom's house pretty much. Well, kicked out slash like it's a it's a complicated story. We're at a position now where my mom's probably watching this, so I don't want her to feel bad. Um, we it, it, That's a whole nother fucking can of worms. Another product of the alternative subculture, I suppose. But it comes to this point where you understand that like, oh, you know, like. I like punk music. I like metal music. I like hardcore. I like, you know, all of these different things that like attract shitty people. It's like very akin to. So Stacy, who we've mentioned a few times now, used to be a store manager at a hot topic. She was a store manager at two different hot topics, actually. And one of the things that she had issues with was there was a lot of people that basically wanted to work there. Because that's the place you can work with tattoos. You can you have piercings, you can have tattoos, and they don't always take into consideration if they do get hired that it is a job. And it's yeah. not really any different than working at the Abercrombie across the hall or whatever. You know, it's still you have to work. Right. And in a silly way, you can apply that to life. Yeah. Because there are people, it's like, you know, just because you're, you know covered in tattoos or you do this or that or dress a certain way doesn't mean that you still can just abandon all responsibility and like lack of morality for yourself and the people around you. Yeah. But there are people that are in our culture that do that and they gravitate towards this because there is this like really negative thing where it's like, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll is a big part of the stuff that we love. But also it's like, I don't have a problem with sex, drugs, or rock and roll, like on the grand scheme of things, but right. I'm a mature, responsible person who is kind and empathetic and understanding of other people. I'm not, right. I'm not, like, you know, I'm not out to get anybody, right. but those people do exist and they exist in this culture probably a lot more than other cultures. But I mean, there are people that are lawyers or stockbrokers and things that are also yeah. shitty people. Yeah. Shitty people are everywhere. Our president. <laughs> But it, it it can be difficult to acknowledge, like, you know, you get a little bit older and it's like, yeah. oh, you know, just because, you know, both of us like Paramore, just because both of us have Ninja Turtles tattoos, just because both of us, you know, dress a certain way or at the same show, that doesn't mean that we are the same people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, once again, it just comes down to. Like there is potential for us to just be kind to one another and take care of each other. I mean, that's the basis of community care and mutual aid. And I think that if we just take the time to strengthen our communities and focus on uh, support and uh, ways to move through this, these kinds of situations in a healthy way, 
would we'd just be so much better off and it'll take a lot of work i mean that's the thing is that's why it hasn't been done yet is it it will take a lot of work Mm -hmm. to undo all of the hierarchies that we've built into these communities um and it's not going to be easy and it's going to take a long time and a lot of people don't want to get into that um because they know how much work it's going to be um but at the end of the day I think it's important and I think uh, the best way to tackle it is to just start small and start within yourself. And I think that, um, you know, like with you, like I think that uh, the more uh, like cishet white men that we can have that are cognizant of their privilege and are kind, welcoming people, Uh, the better, you know, if we can take people that have the privilege and power and make sure that they're making space for other people and uh, being kind and welcoming instead of abusing their power, the better, you know, we, we need to use our privilege where we can uh, to make space for those who need it and uh, to keep each other safe. And yeah, I think there's a lot of potential. It's just got to take teamwork yeah i think that the concept of all of this can seem really overbearing because it does feel overbearing for me but i mean i feel the things that i have done to help people feel comfortable around me aren't things that i went out of my way to do yeah (laughs) like it's just kind of like i don't know i I'm not saying this just to say it, but it's just like, this is just who I am. Yeah. And I don't go out of my way to be nice or go. I've never gone out of my way to like give anybody space regardless of who they are or where they come from. It's just like, oh, like it seems like this is a good thing to do right. because of like how I, where I grew up, the people that I had in my life and things like that. And I think that Ultimately, there are little things that you can do just in your life, just like the way you talk to people, the way you talk about things with other people around you that is going to affect and create a domino effect. It's like, you know, nobody's like expecting you to be the person that changes the world. And I think that whole like death of the ego thing that you were just talking about when a lot of people to get all these responsibilities thrown on me. It's all like, well, what am I supposed to do about this? Well, it's like nothing. You're not really supposed to do anything about this because realistically you can't do anything about this, but what you can control is the way that the people in your immediate circle are thinking and reacting to this and just like have conversations, be positive. If you can do a little bit more and take time out of your day or take time out of your you know, financial resources to allocate to something. You could do that, but also just like, yeah, start within you and just be kind to the fucking people around you. It's so for a long time I used to, and I brought this up recently, I think on the show, I don't know if it was on the show or if it was just with somebody, but for a long time I used to say that it's so much harder to be an asshole than it is to be nice until I started really understanding what it takes to be empathetic And now I definitely understand why so many people are assholes because it's a lot of work. It's emotionally draining if you actually open up yourself to understanding what other people are going through. And I think that's why so many people avoid it. Yeah. You cry a lot. 
and then your body hurts from all the crying. I'm a cancer cusp, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not a full Gemini, and I'll call myself out on it. Yeah. (laughs) I know that we're not, you know, there's a lot that could be talked about. There's a lot that we will probably get into personally at some point in time. Maybe we will come back here at some point in time, but we have well hit our hour. Oh no. We're, it, it felt like we were getting close. Yeah. We, we have, we have definitely been chatting probably longer than most people are able to afford. Cause they have other things to do. They have to talk to people about their feelings instead of listening to ours. Right. That's true. Everybody has to go out there and make their lives better. Yeah. You don't want to hear us talk this long. But. But if you do. In a week. Then you have this. There is this. And in a week. Again. Yes. A lesson in patience will be available on all streaming services. And on Friday, October 30th. We haven't set a time. So we're just going to have to set a time now. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Come to our show. Devil's Night. Come to our show. On Facebook.com. Devil's Night. Slash SomeFaith666. You could follow us on all social media platforms. That would be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you're like one of those people that uses Twitter. Twitter just makes me sad as an empath. Twitter's rough, but we have one. Feel free to reach out to us on there. Brian has to run it. I can't do it. <laughs> and uh, we also have a YouTube account. We are we can't set our YouTube username until we have 100 subscribers. We're at like 78 right we're now. So close. So we're getting close. So if you have a YouTube account, please subscribe to us. So if anything, our YouTube, we could say youtube.com slash some faith six, six, six instead of so much easier instead of youtube.com slash like X, Y, Q, W, four, X, W, four, zero, zero. It's just just button. Just key smashing. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that is a musician or a promoter of some sort should be empathetic to our struggles here in terms of that. This is a very new project. I mean, we've only been releasing music since, September or was it August? Yeah, it was September 1st. September 1st, we released Pain as a Purpose. So, yeah. yeah so it's so, only been a, like a month and a half. Well, I guess it'll be about two months. About two two months. months we've been releasing stuff. And yeah, so the, the first EP is going to be out next week. Uh, we have the second half. Uh, I'll say it. It's already done. Yeah. Technically, it is. Technically, but we're going to make you wait for it. We're going to make you sweat and wait and long and yearn for it no we're just taking our time we're gonna make you yearn for it it's the queer way i'm gonna make you yearn for it so um i have it weird i've never been i've never been on a podcast or hosted a podcast where i was gonna ask it was like well why don't you shout out your things? Because I shouted out mine, but my things are your things. However, you have some stuff that you do outside of some faith. I have Tell the things. people about it real quick. I have some other things. Yes. Are you going to do it every time? No. Okay. Okay. I have other things. Um, I am... Uh, 
I'm just like watching. I'm waiting for you to do the sound effects. I love being a cartoon. Um, I have some other things. Uh, I am uh, the one of the owners of the Black Cat Market, which is a cat rescue. Um, uh, easiest way to be to say it would be cat cafe, but essentially what we do is we adopt out uh, cats and uh, make it in a way that you can come and meet them and hang out with them for cat therapy as well. Um, I am also one of the owners of Mod's Paperwing Gallery, uh, which has a storefront coming soon, and we're really excited. So check us out on social media. Um, I yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm also on the board of directors at the Mr. Roboto Project. Excellent! <laughs> um, which is a super cool venue that's been around for like over 20 years now. Uh, safe space. Uh, we're here for you. That's actually where we filmed our music video for Liminal. And um, yeah. And I also... Uh, I would say book shows with, but we are unable to do that at this time with uh, Don't Let the Scene Go Down on Me Booking Collective. Uh, But one thing we are doing is we've been working uh, to do some live stream shows. uh, And also we do a weekly playlist that we curate. Uh, If you are always looking for new music to listen to, uh, you can check that out. It's only going to be MGK right now. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. It's only MGK and 80s music for me. And then Brett puts on whatever he wants to put on. Um, And I think that's it. Maybe this band, this band, some faith. Did we even say the name? Yeah. Okay. We're in a band. The name's going to be on the title of the episode. Perfect. We're in a band. And uh, also I bake and love animals. Is that enough? That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I feel like it's unnecessary to say this, but for anybody, again, watching this that is a friend of Indigo or just a new fan or a new discoverer of some faith and you're still here, you have no idea who I am. I play in a band called Greywalker. That is my metal band. And the rap rock band that I was talking about is now called Normal Creatures. However, if you look up anything on Normal Creatures, you're not going to find much because all of our music has been released under the name Sykes and the New Violence. (laughs) However, we have recently changed that band name and a new album is coming out at the end of the year because at the same time that I've been working on this, I have been recording a whole album with that project as well. How does he do it? We'll never know. That was the wrong button. He's amazing, except that he doesn't know how to work buttons. And that is all, folks. Indigo. Myself. Some faith. Thanks for being here. I'll be back again next week. Same time. Same place. Same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2020. Whoop, whoop. Thanks for listening. And we're done. Goodbye, but not goodbye, because we're going to open up another beer and look at these photos that we just took. We have photos to look at.
And you don't know what they are. And you don't know what they are. They're secret photos. 